Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Good evening. Welcome in. It is the Therese Paler Show on 610 Sports Radio. I'm Brandon Kylie. Your host for today, your humble host, alongside my friend, the man, the corporate champ himself, Therese Paler, sitting next to me. It is an honor, my friend, to be able to finally officially do a show with you. It's been a long time coming. How you doing tonight, Therese Paler? It's a great moment. I'm a fantastic man. You're right. This is a great. Uh, we've, we've done podcasts together before. Had a real good, good time together. Absolutely. I'm really excited to get on my show and talk football with you because we have a really good football conversation. So, you know, I'm excited. This week one in the NFL just ended. So many games to digest, particularly this one, the Kansas City Chiefs game against the Jaguars. Nasty, chippy game. My kind of game. I was about I'm say, looking you forward to it. This. I'm all, oh, I, I loved it. I was all the way in. I was pumped the whole way, man. I wish I could have been in Therese Paylor's. I'm assuming you're watching at your house, wherever you're watching, wherever Therese Paylor's watching these games. I wish I could have been a fly on the wall when he sees Jalen Ramsey just fly in ready to go <laughs> on Demarcus Robinson. Oh, man. Like, I mean, I tried to, like, give people an opportunity to kind of watch it with me because um, I was tweeting out clips of the game sure. and stuff like that. Uh, but it was it's basically what you imagine, just a lot of guffawing at, like, hard-nosed football and some extra stuff. Um, after plays from both teams and a lot of yapping too. It was pretty good. And I, I got to tell you, I feel like if you're a Chiefs fan, there's some things you can kind of dissect that maybe you're not happy about. But please know that the Jaguars tried to bully you guys. They tried to bully the Kansas City Chiefs on Sunday. And whereas like four years ago, I would have seen them get bent. You know, they would have broken a little bit. The Chiefs started talking back. You know, like they, they, they handled it. This is not a team that's capable of being bullied anymore. And that's the first step. That's a good sign if you want to be a championship team. So, like I said, he's Therese Paler. I'm Brandon Kiley. we got Dusty Likens producing this thing tonight. This is going to be the trio moving forward. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to be here every Monday night for you guys from 6 until 7 o'clock. It is the Therese Paler Show on 610 Sports Radio. We're going to be talking a lot of Chiefs. We're going to be talking AFC big picture because I want to get Therese's thoughts on what was a hectic week in the Antonio Brown saga and ultimately landing him in New England. So we'll get into that. I want to ask Therese a question that we were talking about on the drive. Who is the third best team in the AFC right now? Because it's a jumbled mix, so we'll get into that coming up a little bit later on as well. But let's start with this Chiefs game. I thought the headline coming out of the game, we'll get to Tyreek Hill because moving forward, that's the biggest story. But the headline out of the game, in my opinion, the best player in the game on Sunday was Sammy Watkins. Yeah, He, he may had nine receptions, almost 200 yards receiving, three touchdowns, Looked like the guy that was drafted out of Clemson a few years yeah. ago when he was a top 10 pick. Mm -hmm. Therese, were you surprised by what you saw from Sammy on the field on on Sunday? No. I mean, I look, it's, it's, my friends know I've covered this team a long time. Like, for their fantasy drafts, like, they ask me sometimes, like, hey, you know, what's going on with the Chiefs? Who should I know? And I'm, I told him this year, hey, Sammy Watkins. Sammy Watkins is in great shape, and this is going to be a prolific offense. 
and you take just draft offenses in today's NFL. Like, if you think that the Browns are going to score a ton of points, take the number one receiver, take the quarterback, take, be good with it, right? Well, I said take Sammy Watkins because he's in the best shape he's been in in years. And, you know, I was just talking about this with Bink outside. Like, at the end of the day, you know, Tyreek Hill is going to attract so much attention. Sammy Watkins is in his prime right now. He's going to get single coverage all the time. That's the matchup you exploit. Um, and if it's not him, it's Travis Kelsey. That's why Tyreek's presence is so important. Sure. Because his his overall speed is something you have to account for. Because he can kill you if you don't. You have to account for it. And then they've got all these other weapons that allows at least you know, between the running backs catching the ball, uh, Travis Kelsey, and Sammy Watkins, like two of those things are going to be single covered. Like, good luck with that. So, look, this is what he should do. This is what he can do. And it also... I'm going to tell you right now, hey, look, I said it before, I'll say it again. The contract year is absolutely undefeated. It remains that way. This is not I was a contract year per se, but it yeah. is because he's entering the second of a three-year deal, which means like he's kind of play, he's kind of proven trying to play this year to show, hey, you should re-up that $16 million mm-hmm. a year price tag next year. Or if the Chiefs say, hey, we can't do it, he can say, no, I'm not going to renegotiate. I'm going to go be a free agent on the market then. Let me go get another big deal. So it matters. That does matter. It's a big spot for the Chiefs. It's a big spot for Sammy Watkins because after this year, they can cut him, save $14 million or trade him, save $14 million if he makes himself that valuable that a team wants to take on that one-year deal. Or they could say, hey, Sammy, listen, we're going to take down your cap number a little bit next year. We want to extend you. Maybe it's $14, $15 million a year, whatever the number is, right? Mm -hmm. He's going to get himself paid. Those are kind of the options on the table. I I would be stunned if the Chiefs bring Sammy Watkins back on his current deal. It's difficult, right? It's, it's tough. It's, it's twenty one million dollars. Like, he's basically playing for leverage, right? <laughs> That's the thing. He's playing for his leverage. If he you know plays really well, you know he's gonna have an opportunity to say, yeah, no, we're not gonna renegotiate. I take my chances on the market. Look what I can get. So you know, um, you know, for him, th- this is a contract year, and I I'd, I'd be stunned if he didn't have like a monster season, like. Here's the thing. What are we talking I, about with that? Like monster year. Oh well, look, he's already wise, got three touchdowns. Like? You know, so he's got <laughs> two hundred yards. You know, if he's and he's in the best shape of his life. Let's say he plays fourteen games, he can crack a thousand yards. He can crack double digit touchdowns. He can do that. Oh, that's a monster year for number two receiver in offense. That's greatest show on turf type stuff. You know what I mean? So um, I think that's totally within the realm of possibility, especially with Tyreek Hill potentially you know, missing a decent chunk of time, right? So that would be interesting to see what happens with him. And here's the thing. Even when Tyreek's not there, teams are probably going to devote resources to Kelsey. Like Kelsey will kill you over the middle of the field. That still leaves Sammy Watkins um, with with some favorable coverages. And then if teams decide to take him away, Kelsey can go forward to the running backs. Both LaShawn McCoy, both Damian Williams can really catch the football, right? So, like, this matters in this passing game. It's a dynamic group. The Chiefs are still going to put up a lot of points. You mentioned Tyreek Hill. He's obviously the elephant in the room here. Tyreek Hill goes down yesterday. It sounds like no, nobody seems to know. I'm no. assuming you would have reported it had yeah. you known, but nobody seems to know how long it's going to be for him. But it's going to be not inconsequential. Sounds like at a minimum three, four weeks. Probably not going to see him before the end of the month would be my guess at the minimum. Mine too. Mine too. I think the Chiefs have to be smart about this because this is not about September. Like, you, this season is not about September or October or even November. It's about January. And they need to play it 100% safe with Hill. 
They need to make sure that he's as close to 100% as possible before he plays again. I think this offense can still put up points. I think the defense will be better than it was last year. I don't think that they need Tyreek Hill to win this division. I'm skittish on the Chargers, okay? They got some serious protection mm-hmm. issues on the edge. It's, and Phillip Rivers is moving like 1995 Dan Marino in the pocket, okay? So, like, I'm just saying, I'm – I, who else is going to challenge them in this division? They got to take it slow with Tyreek. I'm actually with you. I think they they are going to be very careful with this as they should because anything else would be really short sighted. It, it doesn't matter whether he's back, you know, in two weeks. It matters whether he's back and like healthy and can withstand blows because he takes hits because he's he, he touches the ball a lot. You know, if you're going to run the ball, people are going to hit him. So it's important that you know he's feeling really good and he's sturdy and all that. He's also, I mean the number one slot guy for this team. We don't necessarily think about him that way because he he moves around. He can play all over the place. You can put him wherever you want to. Mm-hmm. But a lot of his production comes out of the slot. A lot of it comes over the middle. So you're going to be taking big hits from linebackers, from right. safeties, from right. whoever it may be. You're going to be taking those hits. I said earlier today, Therese, I'm not worried about this until you start getting into late October when you've got that stretch of at 100%. the Broncos. Packers, Vikings, yes. that's when it starts yes. to have a real tangible impact on the field. And I told Seattle earlier today, listen, man, like this entire season is about the AFC championship game. That's today. it. We'll get that's in, it. We'll get into this later, but yep. the AFC, you kind of mentioned the Chargers. Yesterday we saw what the, what the Patriots did to the Steelers. Right. There's no clear third best team in the AFC. There is no and clear And so at team, the yeah. end of the day, for the Chiefs, they need Tyreek Hill to be back in 100% in December. That's what this is all about. Absolutely, especially if the Patriots are going to trot out that receiving core that they've currently got on paper. Now, I'm going to tell you here, you know, let's let's pump the brakes on just assuming that those guys are going to be available in January, okay? Neither Josh Gordon or Antonio Brown have proven to be reliable, right, over the last few years. So, look, I wish the best for Josh Gordon. I hope he is. Like, for a guy like that who's been open about his struggles, that's a really – that would be a really good thing, you know, if that guy can – can make the most of his God-given ability, which is quite ample. But Antonio Brown, what's happened in the last month, like that wasn't just some master plan. It's like Antonio, <laughs> like back in, you know, the early part of August, he just knows the Patriots are coming for him, so he's burning his feet. And all. No, <laughs> no, it's been, a re- it's been outrageous. So there might have been some stuff like this week toward the end, like the end of last week toward when it became clear, like, we're getting no home stretch here. But at the end of the day, like that, ha- I believe everything we've seen in Oakland from him up leading up to the end of last week was real. And that stuff, you know, it's not going to be tolerated in New England. I tell you that right now. They can get rid of him at a moment's notice. And I want to know what happens up there in the place where the phones don't work when, uh, you know, Antonio Brown is giving some negative feedback and he don't like it. Let's see what happens. Is he really just going to take it because it's Brady and Belichick? Maybe, but I don't know that, and neither do you. And we got five months to the Super Bowl, so let's just see what happens. He couldn't make it five days, my man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, we went from Wednesday to Monday, and it was like he wasn't going to play, and then he was going to play, and then, oh, by the way, he got in a fight with his general manager, called him a insensitive word at, at, at best, and then said, posted on Instagram – the picture of the fines, and then posted a video of his coach with a recorded call and then got himself cut and then signed with the Patriots. This is all within the last, like, five days. And I don't, I'm not buying, like, Gruden. I'm sorry. Like, Gruden saying the video was okay. I know what he said. Like, okay, that's fine. Like, 
he was basically pleading on this video for Antonio to cut it out. Like, really? Like, just, I'm sorry. I don't, I'm not buying that part of it. Um, and look, got a lot of people on Twitter who are asking me, like, hey, you know, Chiefs, you know, Antonio Brown, you know, hey, you know, maybe, no. No. Andy Reid's dealt with Terrell Owens, okay? Like, that's in the past. I'm, I think he's forgiven Terrell. He thinks he should be in the Hall of Fame and all that. But this is not so a you're guy. Understanding they weren't in on this. I don't think they were. I, I I just I'd be surprised. I don't think they were. Um, I don't think that that was something they should have been looking to do. You've got a young team still with a young quarterback. Do you think that like, would have changed if they had the opportunity today, as opposed to no. on Saturday when no. Tyreek's now out? I don't think so. No, I just I think that the whole remember John and Andy are friends, right? Okay, so no, I don't think so. Um. You know, and there's a lot that comes with Antonio Brown. Stuff that like can like derail a good football team when they need to be worrying about like blocking better and tackling better and playing defense and coming together as a team. Like stuff that kind of matters, you know. And it's kind of hard to like, it's kind of hard to like demand accountability from players when like they see you repeatedly letting somebody cross the line and overstep. That's why I wrote a column after on like on Saturday. Like you know, we we don't even know. The, the full effects of the Antonio Brown era in Oakland yet. Because it's kind of hard for them to say, hey, you know, we expect you to practice hard here when Antonio Brown basically didn't practice. You know, there's a lot of things that they kind of let him get away with where other players could look at it and say, man, you know, that's, that's kind of bogus, you know. And you kind of heard some of that leak out a little bit too via uh, Derek Carr's brother, right? So, you know, to me, I think it's going to be really interesting to see if John Gruden's hurt kind of his standing with that team and whether or not, you know, um, you know, he still can command their full respect. It'd be interesting. He is Therese Paler. I'm Brandon Kylie. Dusty Likens is producing this thing for us tonight. Coming up next, I want to ask Therese something else that has to do with Antonio Brown and how it relates to the Kansas City Chiefs and Brett Veach's future here in Kansas City. We'll do that on the other side. It's the Therese Paler on six Therese Paler show on six ten sports radio. The Therese Paler show, six ten sports radio. Welcome back to the Therese Paler Show. I'm Brandon Kylie. Therese Paler is alongside me. We got Dusty Likens producing this bad boy tonight. If you guys want to get involved in the show, the Protein House Eat With a Purpose sex line, 69306. So Monday Night Football has officially begun. The Saints are on the television right now. Therese, the NFC South, my pick this year was the Atlanta Falcons. And yesterday, they lost a game in which the Minnesota Vikings threw a total of 10 passes. The Vikings, I, mean, I had a chance to go up uh, to Minnesota for training camp, and like I knew they were going to run the ball this year, right? Like They believed in the zone run game. It's a big athletic offensive line. They were going to run the ball. And Darwin, uh, you know, Dalvin, Dalvin Cook, Cook looks fantastic, right? So, And I heard like a little whisper about Alexander Madison when I was up there, too. He looks too. good yesterday. Yeah, right. Like, yeah, so like... I was like, you can check my thread on the Vikings. All uh-huh. this is in there um, on Twitter. Anyway, like, I'm like, okay, they're going to run the ball. I didn't know they run it like that. You know, they ran the hell out of it. Um, now, Matt Ryan didn't Madison's help his cost. <laughs> no, but you know what? I think that's a hard place to go play. Yeah. You know, because that, that team's going to come in and play like it's 1992. Okay, they're going to play great defense. The crowd's going to be rocking, and they're going to run the football. If the Vikings are going to get back to the NFC Championship game where they were two years ago, that's going to be the formula right there. And I'm telling you, when teams make them start throwing a little more, keep a good eye on Kyle Rudolph. 
and Irv Smith Jr. The tight ends are getting the ball in that offense. That's a talented team, man. Yeah. I, 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 the NFC this year is fascinating. It's like the polar opposite of the AFC, where the AFC, we're going to talk about this in a little bit, there's two teams and then everybody else. In the NFC, there's legit, like, the Cowboys look loaded from a pure talent perspective from top to bottom. The Eagles are loaded. The Packers' ceiling is incredibly high. We'll see what the Saints look like tonight, but their roster is certainly stacked when it comes to talent. And then the Rams and the Seahawks, we all know what they've got on their on their roster as well. The NFC is going to be a lot of fun to watch this year. Speaking of the Seahawks, one guy that came from the Seahawks for this Chiefs defense is Frank Clark. And I'm looking at the box score right now. And, Therese, I know you're not a box score guy, but mm-hmm. you're a guy that watches the game? Yeah. The game turned off on me by the time that Frank Clark made a big play me yesterday. <laughs> he had an interception, and up until that point when the game was actually on in Kansas City, yeah. I didn't see a whole hell of a lot from Frank Clark or from Tyron Matthew, both of the guys that yeah. they're expecting to be kind of the new leaders of this defense. What did you see from them yesterday that you thought made an impact? Well, I enjoyed you know, watching Frank Clark in general, so mm-hmm. I was watching him on defense. I was going out of my way. I'm fine at 55, right? Um and I will tell you, like, there wasn't, like, a big splash play rushing the passer, but his overall effort and stoutness against the run was palpable. Like, it's real. That will matter in January. Um, you know, his awareness mattered. Like, I watched him a lot. Um, there was a time he was put himself in great position to make a play on a screen pass. Now, Leonard Fournette's in the best shape of his career right now, he so good. he made a miss. But the awareness that, that Frank Clark had caught my eye, um, you know, you, he shuts down the edge against the run. Like, you're not going to run over there. He plays with enthusiasm. He pay, plays with passion. And I, I watched this. When other when his defensive teammates made plays, go watch the tape. Frank Clark was right there with him celebrating. That's how you lead from the front. That matters. You know, Badger's another guy just like that. Like, those guys, you know, you're going to see the splash plays from them. I'm actually – I don't have any real concern about Frank Clark's ability to deliver on that contract. He's going to deliver on it in my – he loves the game of football too much. And I'm not I just, was just surprised I'm not just yesterday. saying that. I'm not just saying that because – it's just talking to him. you got to trust me when I say – Absolutely. Talking to him and talking to many football, but he really cares about football. Like, the, it's the pass rush matters to him. He's going to get his. Just trust me. I was surprised yesterday just because it felt like it set up so well. You're going on the road, first game in Kansas City, you just got paid, and you, you said it. It matters to him oh, in yeah. a big way. And when you hear him talk, and you heard him talk on Friday, he was like, yeah, the third offensive tackle, it doesn't really matter to me who's going to be playing. They're all victims in my eyes. It's like, okay, that's a Frank Clark quote right there. I'm going to be <laughs> expecting that Frank Clark's going to make some big plays. And then it just it, it never really came together for him on Sunday. I'm not worried about him. I'm not worried that's about good. Tyron Matthew in the long run. Yeah. I was just surprised that going up against the third, number mm-hmm. three offensive tackle, who hasn't started at left tackle since high school? Yeah, no. I was should... surprised that he didn't take more advantage Absolutely. of the specific matchup this weekend. Absolutely, and it's, look, I think everything is like worthy of scrutiny. Um, less so when they win, right? And I thought the Divas, you know, for the most part, they were solid. Like Gardner Minshew kind of got his. He was surprisingly good, twenty-two with twenty-five. Like he was really efficient. Um, but they were getting the ball out quick. Um, at least from what we could see right up until yeah. they, the game turns off. Um, look, man, I, I hear you. And I think, like, you know, people are going to be paying attention to Frank Clark, but of, like, all the questions surrounding the 2019 Kansas City Chiefs, Frank Clark's production is way at the bottom of the list. Can we start talking about the corners? I was like, I'm, I'm way yeah. more concerned about that than Frank Clark. Okay, so 
The big story this weekend was Antonio Brown going to the Patriots. And I'm going to connect this back to the Chiefs here in just a moment. Antonio Brown, Josh Gordon, Philip Dorsett, Julian Edelman, James White, all these dudes are now pass catchers for the New England Patriots. Coming into the offseason around mid-July or so, they had Demarius Thomas, Philip Dorsett, and Julian Edelman, and that was basically it as their pass catchers. So the Chiefs, in my opinion, built a defense that was going to be able to stop what the Patriots were a year ago and what they looked like they were going to be coming into the year. All of a sudden, Josh Gordon comes onto the team, and Antonio Brown comes onto the team, and now they have arguably the best receiving core in all of football. And now you look at the Chiefs. Kendall Fuller hasn't exactly had a great preseason. Rashad Breeland actually, I thought, looked pretty good yesterday. And Traverius Ward has struggled mightily. This cornerback situation is a problem. It has been a problem. Absolutely. And now given who the clear cut, this is the team you're likely going to be playing in January, what they look like on the outside now, Therese, I think there's even more of an emphasis on corner. And go ahead. (laughs) I was just just laughing and saying if they're available. Yeah, that's the problem. Um, We know a couple things. The Chiefs are, Brett Veach is aggressive. Um, about fixing his team. He remade the defense in an offseason, basically, uh, to find guys that better fit Steve Spagnuolo's scheme. What have you seen from Brett Veach that would make you think that he won't address this at some point via 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 trade? Like, the, the, I think there's a pretty reasonable chance that he's going to address this at the trade deadline. My only concern, Therese, that he hasn't addressed it yet. He's been a GM now for, what, 18 months or mm-hmm. so? Mm-hmm. And really, the biggest splash he's made at corner is Bashad Breeland, yeah. a $2 million veteran flyer player. Now, I like it. I guess you could say Mo Claiborne maybe it would be a quote-unquote bigger splash than that. But he yeah. really hasn't made any sort of significant addition to what I believe well, is the third most important position in football. Well, they have addressed the secondary. Sure. You know, you've got a safety in Matthew who's, like, playing. Like, that he's, he's and out. Thornhill like, played 100% right. of the staff Thornhill yesterday. Thornhill is fantastic. Right, so, like... It's a process, right? Um, that's a process. In his defense, you've you've remade the defense in an off season, so you can't. It's not Madden. You can't like. And I've defended. Def- I want to be clear. Yeah. I've defended okay. Brett Veach all off season, and that okay. like it was really hard to find the move that you were going to be like, yeah, that's yeah, you're the not move gonna, that would have fixed it. You're not going to like address every position on a defense if you're basically remaking it in an off season. Mm-hmm. Um, this stuff takes time, like. Please know they're going to draft a corner high next year. There, there were some things that happened this offseason that changed plans, okay? Like, stuff happened. There was stuff that happened that kind of, like, changed things um, a little bit. So, I'm just telling you, I feel like, you know, if they don't – I'd be surprised if there's not additions made before the trade deadline. Um, and I'd actually be really surprised if they don't draft a really talented corner high next year. I've, I mean, look – We've already kind of heard. I think they would have done it if they couldn't pull off the Frank Clark deal. Like Byron Murphy, some of those corners that fell to the top of the yep. second, like they would have been a chief. But you have to make choices. And Frank Clark was clearly a priority because good luck winning in January without the pass rusher, especially if you're not Bill Belichick. If you, you know, Belichick does it with these cast of guys. He's the only coach in the league that can do that. Everybody else needs alpha dogs. They need wolves, guys that can hunt the quarterback. Okay, so – you know, I get it, man. And, like, I understand Chiefs fans. Like, you guys know. I've been here with you covering this team since 2013. You guys know. I watched every Chiefs game since then. I know. Like, I, watching that cornerback, it gives you numb-like flashbacks. I got it. I Don't think I don't know. I know. I saw the Colts game in 2013, that playoff loss. I saw the the Steelers game where they ran the ball down your throat. Titans you know, I've, game. I've seen, all, I've seen all these games. 
And, like, I'm just telling you, to me, you better be able to make sure that that team up there in Foxborough, if you get the AFC Championship game again, can't just come up in here and run 1995 Michigan's offense on you and leave with a win. That's embarrassing in today's NFL, which means stopping the run, which means getting Frank Clark, which means prioritizing that in the front seven and adding some – you know, and safeties that can help against the run, too. So we'll see. It's, a, it's an area of scrutiny, right? Like, let's see what happens. He's Therese Paler. I'm Brandon Kylie. Dusty Likens producing this thing. It is the Therese Paler Show on 610 Sports Radio. Got about 30 minutes left. I want to ask Therese about the single most important person in the Kansas City Chiefs organization. Of course, I'm talking about Patrick Mahomes. He looked better to me yesterday, yeah. Therese. yeah. I think we need to talk about it and talk about what the ceiling looks like for this year with Patrick Mahomes. We'll do that next. It is the Therese Paler Show on 610 Sports Radio. The Therese Paler Show, 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back. It is the Therese Paler Show. I'm Brandon Kiley. Therese Paler alongside me tonight. Dusty Likens producing this thing. All right, Therese. I said going into break, I want to talk about Patrick Mahomes. The man had 378 yards. He had three touchdowns. He looked tremendous in his debut in 2019 for the Chiefs. I've been saying all offseason, I don't know what to make of him because I've never seen anything like what we saw from him in year one. Yeah, An MVP, yeah. he 50 touchdowns, 5,000 yards. I mean, And then he comes out in his debut this year, 378 and three, like, Everybody talks about regression. I just don't know how I can possibly say that he's going to regress when he has more passing yards through 18 games than anybody else in the history of football has through 20. Okay, so historically, you know I like to get historical with mm-hmm. when I can. It's, uh, this really speaks to the greatness of Dan Marino. It was the best like first year as a starter any quarterback's had since Marino in like 25 years, right? Um, and, or best second year any quarterback's had yeah. since Marino. Um, and Marino's stats that year, like eighty four, were like amazing. Like compared, like comparatively, like like looks they, like twenty nineteen yeah, stats. It, so we're gonna put respect on Dan Marino's name from now on, <laughs> right? Um, but I will say, it, what he did last year was what Favre would have done if you took like prime Favre um, without as many boneheaded mistakes and placed him in twenty nineteen. So it's a way less reckless young Favre in 2019 that's what it looked like to me right just with like the the flips and the and then the gun and this it was something like that um he's a special player and he's kansas city's it's amazing right it's just a you there's one there's one guy every generation that's like this you know whether it's brady or whether it's rogers or whether it's Favre or whether it's manning one maybe two guys every generation where you get this um, and it, it's pretty cool to see. I think it's okay to just assume, like, hey, Patrick is, is good. And I, I loved – the thing I actually really liked was he showed – like, he was obviously clearly hobbled. And before the game shut off on us here, um, he was obviously <laughs> clearly hobbled, right? But the camera caught him, like, a lot after the injury, like, smiling and laughing and having a good time. And that's where the Favre thing comes because Favre was the same way. I made a joke during the game that if John Matt was still calling football – Mortal lock, he'd be comparing him to Favre because men used to always say how much like Favre enjoyed playing the game. Huh, look at him, man. You think that guy doesn't love playing the game? He'd be doing the exact same about Mahomes. It's really special. It is. And I just like, Therese, man, I, 
I know that he's supposed to regress. I know the numbers aren't supposed to yeah. be there. I know tra- I know Tyreek Hill just got hurt and might not play for the next month. I know all of these things to be true. Mm-hmm. And in my head, like I'm a numbers guy. I I love like looking at past past production and looking at how it kind of should predict future outcomes. Man, there's nothing that I can look at in the past and say that should predict yeah. what Patrick Mahomes does because I've never seen it before. Nope. And so like as much as the Tyreek Hill thing hurts, right? You're not going to be as good of an offense without having that guy out on the field. There's no question about that. I don't know that the numbers ultimately come down, though. I think the way they happen changes. Like, Tyreek Hill is this explosive player that on any given play can take it 80 yards to the house. I still think they're going to get that 80 yards. Mm -hmm. I think he's just going to take seven passes now to get that 80 yards as opposed to the one throw to Tyreek Hill. So, I think that the numbers aren't going to take as much of a step back as a lot of people are anticipating, even with this Tyreek Hill injury, just because I think he's that good. I think he's ultimately, along with Andy Reid, what makes this offense go and what makes it what it is today. Yeah, and I will tell you this, though, right? Not crazy about this ankle sprain. Yeah. Because we don't know what the nature of it is. And this is just me speculating. I don't know. Like, I'm just talking about in general, right? And I think the biggest reason I'm a little concerned about it is, like, they're going to have to call the offense in such a way that protects Patrick a little bit more, I think. I think that would be a smart thing, as much as you can, um, unless it's just, like, a little minor thing, right? But even then, the problem is he's this great player that defenses, you know, can't stop. They can't stop him unless they try to hurt him. And you saw what the Jaguars, like, they really amped up the pressure trying to hit him because his escape artist X-Factor gene was wiped away by the sprain, sprained ankle. So then he became a pocket quarterback, and he still beat him, which is awesome. But, like, I do wonder about the mobility, and I do think it would behoove the Chiefs to, like, really, hey, like, we're going to line up, we're going to run the football in some creative ways, you know, quick passes, take some shots. Screen game. There. Until that ankle gets to a level where if guys really try to go at it, it won't be, like, at an, it won't be like extra sensitive. I would call the offense that way. Now, I don't know when that be. That might be Sunday. I don't know. But I'm just saying, like, I think it's going to be really important for them to call, call you know, smart games, try to reduce the amount of punishment he could potentially take because teams can't stop him. So they're going to try to come after him and get in his head and hit him. Do want to mention this? This comes from Sam Mellinger, your former colleague over at the Kansas City Star. He says Tyreek Hill will likely avoid the IR. No defined timetable quite yet, and he will have mile markers to pass along the way. But for now, avoiding the IR is a positive. Again, that comes from Sam Ellinger of the Kansas City Star. Uh, there's no other way to read this other than that that's a, a very positive thing, right? Yeah, I actually just tweeted the same thing. Oh. So, like, no, no so, shout out to Sam, right? So, like, I get it. Um, also, according to Therese Paler of Yahoo Sports, <laughs> the corporate champ himself. So, no, I mean, obviously, you know, that's good information. He's right. Um, that is a good thing, but we're just going to have to see, like, what that means, right, um, going forward. Um, look, they're going to be cautious. Know that. They better be cautious, right? Like, here's a guy that they can't, like, duplicate, really. Like, you know, even some of their really fast guys aren't Tyreek for the, the, the breadth of things they can do, right? So, you know, Sam is right, man. And, you know, I think the Chiefs are going to be wise about this, and they're going to they're going to take it slow because they need him 100%. He's got to be able to absorb punishment, B, right? Like, And the other thing with Tyreek, you mentioned this with Frank Clark, but it's true of Tyreek Hill too. The guy loves football and wants to be out there. And so he's going to do everything he can to get back as quickly as he can. And so the Chiefs, this is one of those situations, this happens from time to time, where you got to protect the player from the player, yeah. especially after you just yeah. gave him all that money. 
Yeah, it'll be a little easier to do that since he just got paid. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if this was a contract season, he might be pushing it a little bit. Um, but, you know, he just secured that's the bag. Point. So I'm sure he'll be like, okay, whatever you say, coach. <laughs> like, you know, like, and that's what I would do. I'd be like, hey, you know, check clear on Monday, you know, whatever. I just got my $5.8 million bonus. <laughs> okay, whatever y'all say, man, you know. Uh, but, no, I, they, they're going to be careful. They should be. And, um, you know, it would be interesting to see. But I still think this team should still put up points, even without Tyreek Hill, even, without, even with a potentially – you know, less, you know, gunslingery offense, right? Like, you know, Andy Reid is the master play caller, right? So I think we should just trust him to kind of form, you know, game plans that can protect Patrick a little bit more. We got about a minute left before break. You mentioned the offense. Do you think that they still have the potential to break the record? Like, is is this, without Tyreek Hill, yeah. the ceiling on this offense, is it still the ceiling that it was of being the best offense ever or – does this change in terms yeah. of like it can now be the best offense in the league, but not historically great yeah. the way that I mean, it's like if, you know, it's like if Isaac Bruce got hurt, you know, is that, you know, right? Like yeah. St. Louis reference, man. Like um, it's like if Isaac Bruce got hurt in 99, it would have changed. They still would have been good. They still would have won a bunch of games, but like it, that matters, you know, or that's, that's Chris Carter or Randy Moss, probably Randy Moss. That's Randy Moss mm-hmm. getting hurt, you know, with the Vikings in 98, right? Like it, it matters, man. I'm not going to tell you any different, but um, yeah, I just keep harping on it. Like, I think Chiefs fans should really just enjoy this season, enjoy this team, put up a lot of points, and just know, like, and I, I don't have to tell you guys this. You know, I've heard this from you guys. You know, just get to the Super Bowl. Beat New England, get to the Super Bowl. I think my favorite part about this team and the way that they play is that we'll just never have to watch a Packers versus Bears game here. That that ah! that 10-6 crap. That's not we, – we don't have to watch any of those games here in Kansas City because the offense is too good and the defense ain't good enough to win you a 10-3 to 3 game here in Kansas City. He's Therese Paler. I'm Brandon Kiley. we got Dusty Likens producing this thing. Let's expand the scope a little bit. I want to go around the NFL with Therese Paler. Lamar Jackson looks like the MVP yesterday. The Browns lose their home opener against the Titans. They are now 1-18-1 in their last 20 home openers. Oof. And the Falcons, man. The Falcons. Sorry, we'll get into all of it. We've got a lot to get into. About 15 minutes to do so. It is the Therese Paler Show on 610 Sports Radio. The Therese Paler Show, 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back. Finishing things up. It is the Therese Paler Show on 610 Sports Radio. We'll be here with you guys each and every Monday throughout the football season from 6 to 7 o'clock. He's Therese Paler. I'm Brandon Kylie. Dusty Likens on the other side of the glass. We've talked to a lot of Chiefs. If you missed any of it, 610sports.com is the place to go. We'll have the full podcast up there. I do want to go a little bit around the NFL with you, Therese, because you're my national guy now. That's right. You do your stuff for Yahoo Sports. So let's look a little bit more nationally because I think there were some really interesting storylines this weekend. Let's start with the Titans and the Browns because, man, the hype train got off to a little bit of a rough start for our guy Baker Mayfield. I still like Baker. I think he's going to be fine. I think the Browns are going to be okay moving forward. But that's about as bad of an opening weekend loss as you can take at home against the Titans. Three fourth quarter interceptions for Baker. What'd you see there? Yeah, the problem was it didn't feel really fluky to me. They're having protection issues, man. Like an offensive line was a bit of a question heading to this man. I don't know. Like that that concerns me. And look, I drafted Odell Beckham. Well, it's like 
and Baker. So, like, I kind of, you know. There's $350,000 yeah, watch that he's wearing yeah. in the game. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I kind of need those guys to, like, get on board. But um, I am concerned about the protection issues. That's something they better iron out quick. Are the Titans legit? Because I, I don't believe in this team. I, I don't never either. believe in this team. But that's a, ho- that's a nice win. Yeah, man, I know. I just, you know, Mariota. He's he's solid when he's healthy, but he's never really healthy. Like I just, I still think that's a seven, nine, eight win team. I just you know they'll win seven games or something. But I, I need to see way more from the the Titans before I'm start buying in those guys. Ravens and Dolphins. This was a headliner because Lamar Jackson looks like My Lamar Juice Jackson guy. from yeah. college. He looked incredible in yeah, this he was game, fantastic. and it was mostly passing. My boy Marquise Hollywood Brown. <laughs> on about- 15 snaps, the guy that I told you guys Our the boy. should be. <laughs> Our boy. He's another juice guy we Absolutely. like. Absolutely. Yeah. He looked incredible. I think he played a total. I saw the snap counts. It was like 15 plays, two touchdowns, four grabs, like 150 yards. The guy's going to be amazing for them eventually whenever he's fully healthy. The <laughs> Dolphins are also trash, though. Yo, oh, mortal lock to get the number one pick. It's going to be hard for them to get the four wins. I mean, they might have, like, one of those seasons where you win two games. Like, it could be bad. Uh, but, like, Hollywood Brown, like, I always know, like, here's my little test to know if, like, I'm really, if I enjoy watching a guy. If while watching his highlights, I can do, like, Brent Musburger to him. <laughs> so, like, I'm watching the, the Dolphins-Ravens game. And, like, you know, that deep pass, uh, the, the Jackson gorgeous deep ball to Hollywood. I was able to pull it off. I'm like, yep, this is going to be fun. It's like... <laughs> Jackson to Hollywood is great. It was a great pass, great play, 100% in. I loved it. For you fantasy players out there, pick him up, sit him on your bench for a little while. Yeah. He, mm-hmm. He's not 100% healthy yet. He's going to take a little bit of time to play 100% of the snaps for them, but he's, he's going to be a stud whenever you, it comes. You know who must be kicking himself right now? John Gruden. John Gruden needed Hollywood Brown. Mm-hmm. He picked the wrong Brown. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Um, all right, let's go. We talked a little bit of Falcons Vikings earlier. It's embarrassing. Falcons shouldn't lose that way. Ten <laughs> passes for the opponent. You can't. You can't lose that game. We talked about this off air. I want to talk about it a little bit on air. Bills Jets in an AFC East game between two teams that didn't involve the Patriots. That I was actually interested was for the good. first time in about fifteen years. I kind of like this Bills team. I kind of yes. like them. Join the Bills Mafia. Join me. We got to work to get show on board. But I'm glad to hear that you're in. On uh, the Bills, I love. I like the I Bills. I love the defense. I think the Bills are gonna. I think the Bills are gonna challenge for a wild card. Like I think Sean McDermott's a really good defensive coach. I think they play really hard on defense. I just think it's a good defense. And Gotta I know, get Devin Singletary yeah. the ball more. Gotta get Devin yeah, Singletary you know the what? ball more. Singletary made guys miss, mm. which is really something because like his athletic testing numbers were horrible. But I thought it was really interesting. I was talking to Brandon Bean, the GM, when I was up there, and like they didn't care about the testing numbers. The Bills are one of the few teams that like go off the tape for the most part. And Singletary, they thought, was the best back in the draft, so they took him in the third round despite the testing numbers. And you watched him play, his ability to make people miss, like he looked a little like Frank Gore. I don't think it was a coincidence they signed Frank Gore either. They want that type of back. So, yeah, I'm with you. So let's go to another NFC game, a big NFC game, the Rams and the Panthers. I actually picked the Panthers in this one. Yeah. They ended up mounting a little a bit of a comeback pick. late. Yeah. It was a good game. It was yeah. a fun game to watch. I thought my biggest takeaway was the Rams weren't lying about their timeshare with Todd Gurley. No, that's a real thing. It's like 65-35. Gurley's going to get his touches, but, but Malcolm gonna Brown's be... going to play into the be a factor. And in I this think team. that's a smart way to go about it because, again, the Rams aren't playing for September. Right? They're playing for January. 
And by the way, you know, don't think you're going to get spared if you drafted Todd Gurley. Don't think you're going to be spared if Malcolm Brown gets hurt because Daryl Henderson was a top 100 pick that I really like. He got a carry yesterday. Yep. They will insert him right into the mix, and he'll st- he'll get that of those 11 carries, right? So that's a real thing. I thought one of the most interesting AFC games of the weekend was the Chargers struggling mightily at home against the Colts. Yeah, I know you were in on the Colts even after the Andrew Luck injury or uh, retirement. Yeah, I, not as much as you were. Yeah, right, right, right. But you thought they were still they, they have the they infrastructure. Confident. They're confident. You like Frank Reich? Mm-hmm. They, they have they have a good roster from top to bottom. Man, Justin Houston was just bullying the Chargers <laughs> offensive line from start to finish. Yeah. Bullying the yeah, Chargers man. offensive line. I still like the Chargers. I still think they've got the chance to be a playoff team this year. Ooh, okay. You don't. You I, think, I think a lot of teams are going to bully the Chargers' okay. tackles. I, right. I think their offensive tackle situation is, is bad, and that's probably not ideal when you got 95 Dan Marino back there. I just, <laughs> yeah, I'm just telling you, like, you probably want to have be better on the edge. I don't like the fact they lost Derwin James, who's special. He's like, I just, and look, I like Anthony Lynn a lot as a head coach. I just think they got some problems. They'll be a, they'll be a competitive team. They're going to need some luck, though, I think, to, to make the playoffs. Another game I wanted to hit on with you, Therese, Cowboys and Giants. Yeah. I don't care about the Giants. That team's not good. <laughs> Saquon's awesome. The rest of the team stinks. The Cowboys are good. And this offense, with a new offensive coordinator, looks like it's going to actually play to Dak's strengths. They're going to have him do some more play-action passing. They're going to uh, have some pre-snap motion. We're bringing the offense into 2019, Therese. The Cowboys are a team that it, I, I was not all in on coming into the season just because I didn't know what Kellen Moore was going to be as an offense coordinator. Looking pretty good. That pretty offense looked good in week one. When I went up to Dallas in May, you heard a little whispers that the thing was going to be more creative. They, I mean, Michael Gallup straight up told me, like, they were finding ways to get guys the ball and they were pushing it downfield. Michael Gallup, by the way, is like a key part of that. He had 158 yards. Good. So if Gallup is making plays... That frees up Amari Cooper or vice versa, whatever. You get what I'm saying. I feel like, you know, all they needed was better play calling. Like, Linehan was bad last year. I think we know that. But Kellen Moore has devised an offense that Dak Prescott looks really comfortable in. And by the way, Prescott's another guy in the contract year. So, a contract week because he's going to get paid here pretty soon. Um, you know, Dallas is going to really push, you know, for the NFC North title. I still like, I'm sorry, NFC East title. I still like Philly. But Dallas is making the playoffs. And they got as good a chance as anybody to go the whole way. I got two other games I want to touch on. One of them we can get into much quicker than the other. The 49ers box. Ah, uh, I mean, come on, man. I, you don't. I fell for it with Jameis. I wanted him in all my fantasy yeah. leagues just because, like, the numbers I thought were going to be there. And I still Plus think they Bruce could Arians be. too, right? Like, and great receiving core. O.J. Howard, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans. Like no all those running guys. Game. Like, like all those guys. It was all By the set way, up. Ronald Jones started showing a little flashes yesterday. He yeah. out he outproduced Peyton Barber. So if if Jones gets it together, like if he's actually real, I, I wouldn't actually be surprised if Jameis bounced back a little bit. Okay. Like just like it's, it was one week. I'm as concerned about it as you are. Like I'm with you, D. Like you know that. I just you know, to me These teams if, both stink, man. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Hundred percent. Um but but I don't know if I'm ready to just I, I believe in Bruce Arians a lot. I do too. Like, so let's just. See. And I like Shanahan. I just. Yeah. I don't know what's going on with the 49ers. Dante Pettis, you there? Yeah. You Come on, Pettis. You gonna play, my Come man? <laughs> where, where, where are you? He got like four snaps yesterday. I didn't understand it. You sound like an angry fantasy owner on Pettis. I have no shares of Pettis. Okay, but right, I just. That's... I liked him coming out of Washington. He's yeah, just. Me he, too. He disappeared. I was in on him. Last game, Patriots and Steelers. 
Patriots defense is legit. Oh, it's the real deal. The offense is going to be awesome. I still think the Steelers are the third best team in the AFC. I do too. And the Patriots whooped them, man. They better get it together. Pittsburgh. I think they will. But um, can we take a moment to appreciate New England letting Trey Flowers leave for (laughs) the GDP of a small country and then just just not fall to, to my Lions, just letting the Lions have it and then just not falling off at all. Their Lions tied. They tied. Terrence, they had embarrassing the game, effort. They had the game won, and then they tied. So I wrote about that game, and I had like a tight I'm deadline because I had to write something else. I was worried about that game. I, I was kind of like writing from the angle of like the Cardinals offense looks bad with Cliff Kingsbury. Yeah. So I should have known better than depend on the Lions in any way, shape, or form to, to come through <laughs> for me at any point in my life. So, because their complete inability to, like, hold on to a lead against a bad team, my column comes out. It's completely different than kind of what I was thinking. It's still fine. Um, but it really complicated my night because I was on Sunday sound <laughs> off last night. too. So, I just got to love the Lions just completely, like, just making my life difficult as they've done for the last 35 years. Classic. It's not getting easier for them either. Their schedule is tough. He's Therese Paler. I'm Brandon Kylie. Dusty Likens produced this thing. It's the Therese Paler Show. We'll be back Monday night next week, 6 to 7, right here on 610. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.